Hey, welcome back to another episode of the I'm Stuff Podcast with your host with the most, Elton. And today, I have a man on the episode. He embodies the hustle. He embodies greatness. He embodies the sunshine. When I, Every time I see him, it is like the stars are fucking shining onto me. Today, I have on Eric. What's up, man? Not too much. Wow, what an intro. I know. I was thinking on the way here, I was like, I should probably give him a good intro or somewhat a good intro. <laughs> I don't know if that was good or not. Maybe mediocre. Oh, I think that was great because uh, I am about the light and bringing uh, the light into. Yeah, I and mean. shining the light on. Coming, coming into your apartment is just all bright lights and everything. You got natural sunlight coming through. If you came to my apartment, it would just been dark. A dark, gloomy apartment. <laughs> Yeah, we, uh, you got to have it bright, you know? Got to have you it bright. Know? Yeah, absolutely. Do, do absolutely. You know? I would say coming in here, like, I felt better in this apartment than I do mine. I was like, oh, my God, I feel, I feel like a good human being. You're so funny. I am. <laughs> so let's get right into the meat and potatoes of this pod. Um, first question for me to you is um, you coming out. So take, take me through the steps from your younger childhood to – up till now, like coming out as you know, gay, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I think uh, we have this idea of what coming out is, and uh, you know, for me, I always knew I was different. I yeah. just didn't know exactly uh, what that different was, uh, but I didn't fit the mold. And uh, in my, I'm gonna say probably eleven, twelve years old. I had that realization that, um, actually not really the realization, but I had the education of what uh, heterosexual normativity is, and uh, I knew that that was not me, even at such a young age. And so my real coming out probably happened in that part of my life. The uh, social aspect of coming out did happen in my uh, late teens, and uh, it was one of those things that it was so scary because I had seen negativity all around um, when it comes to people being who they are, whether that be um, a heteronormative, a heteronormative um, sexuality or a different sexuality, not necessarily gay. So uh, for me, it was liberating, uh, but it was also the scariest thing because life at that moment in time changed. Uh, my life it was still the same for me, but for the outside world looking upon, that is what changed. And, um, you know, there was a, there was a lot of uh, ups and downs because I was still in high school whenever I came out. Um, and so I was a very loud and boisterous person. I didn't care what other people thought. I, didn't, I just I didn't care because I'm like, this is me. This is who I am. And I'm not going to be somebody or something that I'm not. Um, you know, we... Uh, my family actually had to come to the school. Um, I had some kids threaten to take my life uh, just because oh, wow. I was uh, didn't fit into the norm of what they thought I should be. And, and when was the, the year you were in high school? Uh, I was in high school from uh, 2001 to 2005. Okay. So at that time, it wasn't even socially acceptable. Oh, know. absolutely not. No. And, yeah, I, I remember, I remember in elementary school because where you and I are ten years apart, where you know a person 
coming out as gay or anything part of the LGBTQ is they get threatened almost every day. And it was very, it was a lot of negativity around that. And, you know, I'm glad to see it change now. Do you believe it has changed at all? Absolutely. It has changed. You know, there's a, um, there's a, a more willingness to meet people where they are and who they are than uh, what the mold is. Uh, you know, that has really changed really over the last probably 10 years. Um, the progression of being open to people and who they are has become more acceptable in a society. It, uh, it is a little bit slower here in the South than, uh, than somewhere like the Northeast. Uh, you know, we're a little bit slower to change here. Uh, we're a little bit slower to accept, but I do find that uh, there is more education uh, in the South about what... Um, not really what, but uh, who people are. And, um, you know, the acceptance is better than it was, you know, again, 10 years ago. Or, you know, I guess it's we're coming up on 20 years since mm-hmm. I've, uh, you know, been openly gay. And, um, you know, just to see, you know, specifically um, pop culture has really taken, um, we're going to take Drag Race, for example. It is so commercial now where uh, whenever I was young, in my teens, that is something that you only saw in a major city, L.A., New York, um, Miami, places like that. So, you know, I, I, the, the world and the country specifically is, is more open to, um, you know, the lifestyle of the gays, if you will. Yeah. Um, I love drag shows, by the way. You know, there's an artistry to that. And, you know, a lot of people think, um, I feel like a lot of straight people are like, oh, it's, you know, men trying to dress up as women, but it's really an art form. It is the imagination. You know, it is removing yourself from the current situation of the world into something that is, um, it's an art form and it's an expressive outlet for people. You know, specifically being a gay, there's, like you said, there is a whole lot of negativity. And so if you can escape that, um, that in that particular art form, that would be drag for a lot of folks, um, and it is uh, it is very entertaining. Um, it's so much fun. I, I went to one, and man, they just so explicitly loud when they <laughs> do things. I remember I, I was sitting at it, it was like a those drag brunches, right? Yeah, I remember sitting there just having a mimosa, just chilling with my friends and just eating my brunch. And uh, drag show stars, and they're just like, "Yes, bitch!" <laughs> I was like, oh, "Oh, shit! Calm down, guys." <laughs> yeah, the, you know, uh, to be an expressive individual like that, you have to be loud. You have to be bold. So yeah. nobody wants to to they're, walk in. Yeah. Uh, to use, very bold. Yeah, I love it. I mean, and I love going to them. It's just people go together and just have fun, and everyone doing the shows are having fun too. I'm just like, hey, man, express yourself. And I'm here for it. Absolutely. I fucking throw dollar bills in the air for you guys. Fuck it. <laughs> Trying to have some fun. Yeah, drag shows are definitely all about fun. Um, yeah. You know, for I have um, done drag. My alter ego is Regina Falange. And so, you know, Regina is an outlet for me because we, as quote unquote men, have to look and act a certain way. And so I'm really in touch with my feminine side. And so, you know, I'm able to express that through Regina. 
she is uh she's not a person that comes out a lot but uh you know it is it is something fun and i think that everybody should do it because we all have that inner person that is uh that we don't express you know the the things that we you know and and this is not in a negative way but the things we do behind closed doors where nobody sees where we are our authentic self because we are by ourselves um everybody has that whether you're gay straight it doesn't matter you know um everybody has that um inside voice and so um i think everybody should try some form of drag it doesn't necessarily have to be um being a woman or being a man it could be being some kind of um mystical creature yeah, you yeah. know drag is not um in the box like it used to be yeah yeah you know um you know i look at some performers and there's a certain image that they put out and then you look at other performers and it's like something out of a comic book so drag can be not what we stereotypically think of a man dressing up as a woman it can be whoever you are dressing up as anything right absolutely absolutely yeah glad to hear that i never knew I mean, it's just an expressive uh, outlet. So, yeah. I mean, w- who are we to try to put that in a box? Because it yeah, is yeah, supposed yeah. to be an expressive outlet. Yeah, so. you're right. I think about it. Yeah, you're right. It's just a form of a way that you can express yourself and what you want to be rather than conforming to the you know, social narratives of what you, you, know, you have to be, what the social narrative tells you to be. You know? Absolutely. I understand that. I like that. Um, you know, since you came out in high school? Yeah. So I think this is probably the most asked question to ask, and I have to ask, so I'm sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> what What did your family think? So it was, I actually had a, <laughs> my particular situation was um, a little bit different, I feel like, than most. My uh, mother had the hardest time with it. Mm-hmm. where my dad was very accepting. Okay. Um, Typically the other way around. Yeah, it, it normally is. And, um, you know, I think that when we try to not see something that's always there and then you get that confirmation, yeah, I think that's where people have the issue of not accepting. Okay. You know, um, I feel... I've always been who I am. And um, on that particular statement, like, I'm the same now as I was whenever I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. Flamboyant, full of life, full of light. And, you know, my dad was able to see that and accept it where my mom was not. Uh, The rest of my family, um, you know, it's not really a conversation where I had to sit down and tell every single person. You know, for me, in coming out, it was letting my family know where I stood in my own individual person. Uh, my my close-knit family are very, very important to me. And so, you know, to be honest with, and this is just how I see it, to be honest with yourself, you have to be honest with those people that you love. Um, so the rest of the family, I'm just like, I don't, I don't really care. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you if it's your decision to not love me because of who I am, it is not my decision to try to keep you in my life. Yeah, yeah. At that you point, know, it's just pulling when they just want to push you away. Yeah, I mean, anything that's, I, I really feel, anything that's not for you um, will be pushed out of your life. So, you know, in the moment that 
I made the decision to tell uh, my direct family, I was already prepared for whatever came of that. Even as a, a very young adolescent man, like I was already prepared because I had seen people and known people that had come out and had been completely rejected from their family. I didn't feel that was necessarily going to be my situation, but I, I think that you also kind of like go through those things and damage control a little bit before it happens. Mm-hmm. So that way you're not caught so far off guard that you're like, Oh, what do we do what, now? What do I do? Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, it was, it was a pretty interesting situation. Um, I, my dad is just a world-class man. I mean, most people would see him as a, uh, you know, a simple Southern man, but he is so much more. And uh, he's, a, he's a farmer. Yeah, he's a, a farmer and engineer. Yeah, that's a that's as manly as you get. Yeah, man's overflowing with testosterone. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Um, but uh, you know, I think it's one of those things. It is. Uh, I was taught from him to have unconditional love, and that doesn't matter like what you are, who you are, where you're from, what you look like, what your skin color is, and even to this day through you know everything that's happening in this world he stays true to that and i have to stay true to that because i feel the light and i feel the love and one of my biggest things in life and like one of my goals is to light up a room whenever i walk in it not when i walk out of it well i can definitely confirm that you show a lot of unconditional love i mean as your friend of what uh seven years now Feels much longer than that, but yeah, I think that that yeah, yeah. number sounds about right. Feels feels a long time. Um, <laughs> you've always, you know, shown me nothing but love, bro. You know, we may not hang out as much as we should, but it's always like, hey, we always text or call each other when we want or need to. Yeah, and um, yeah, you definitely bring the light every time you come to the room. Like every time I see you, like go into a room or not or just showing up, it's like, man, this guy's just. Bright and full of life every fucking time I go anywhere with you. And it's it's amazing to see. And it's a, it's a inspirational as well. Because you're just like, you know, you're not going to let negativity get to you. You know, it's a choice. Yeah. Every, every Everything in life is a choice. And so I only give negativity about a solid five minutes. If, there, if there's not something that I can take within that conversation or that energy and turn it, then I'm out. Yeah. Because you can't just, and showing that love will always prevail if that's the foot that you put forward in. Okay. <laughs> I was like, what's happening here? <laughs> Do I sound okay through the headphones? Yeah, you sound great. Okay. I, I dropped this mic earlier. I was like, fuck. No, it sounds good, man. Okay, thank God. I was like, I got to spend fucking $500 on a microphone. Oh, gosh. No, don't do that. No. Yeah, I know, right? No, it sounds great. So you, you mentioned that, you know, the the people in the northeast are more accepting to the LGBTQ community. Can you tell me, you know, how it was in the northeast? You lived in New York. Yeah, I was. Uh, it was in New York for a while, um, and you know, it's just a it's just a more progressive part of the country. Um, they're more willing to try new things uh, now. What's funny is once you get outside of those small areas, which are big cities, it is a lot like the South. Um, you know, people have a different, have a slower way of processing um, life information and stuff of that nature. But uh, 
Yeah, I lived in Bushwick Bedsty, and uh, it was one of the best things I ever ever did was to move out of the South. I had a I woke up one day and uh, kind of had an epiphany, and I was at a very high point in my career. I was uh, in my South. I think it was about twenty six, twenty seven. Probably started the the job in in my early twenties, and it was one of those things where the right combination of people had come together, and we really achieved the uh, the unthinkable for the industry that I was in. Um, all the people I was actually hired to show the vice president of this particular company that I worked for at the time that it wasn't going to work. And uh, I don't know what failure is. That's that's not in my vocabulary. So we learned, we learned to win. And, uh, you know, we, we created a culture uh, of people that wanted to move towards one goal. And so I'd had uh, an expansive amount of growth in a short period of time in my personal and professional life. And um, I just woke up one day and I was like, whoa, is this it? Is this all I'm going to do? And uh, sold pretty much everything that I didn't take to New York and uh, lived in New York for a while. Tell me what it was like to live in New York. Did you get to meet any of the um, Italian mafia or anything up there? Did you go to Staten Island, go check hands with them? So the mafia is, uh, you, you know, I think that for people that have never lived in New York, you know, you have this um, Hollywood cinematic beauty of what the mafia is. And, uh, you know, it is very much still uh, alive and well. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't really hear a lot about the mafia like you used to way back when. And so um, I actually had tried to get back into the industry that I was in. And, uh, you know, because I wasn't part of the family, yeah, uh, it didn't matter how much experience I had, didn't, that none of that mattered. And so um, at that point I had to kind of take a step back and like reevaluate like, hey, what, what, what am I doing here? Yeah, yeah. You know, because I thought uh, just because I was so successful in the uh, the town that I was in, that it was just going to transfer to New York, and that is definitely not the case. Yeah, there's, um, a, there's a gatekeeper for that. Oh yeah, absolutely. A big one too. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, then, I, at that point, I got into real estate, and I mean, I think that's what everybody does in New York. Yeah, I mean, real estate in New York now is um, even back then, and whatever time you went to, it's it's booming crazy. I mean, apartments go for a million dollars just for sale. And it's like, what, maybe 800 square feet? Yeah, it just depends on what part of town you're in, you know? Yeah, I mean, if you're in <laughs> Manhattan or you can go down to Long Island or Staten Island or even in, um, the Bronx. Because everything's all relative to the, the people around it. Yeah, well. absolutely. Yeah. Besides the Italian mafia altogether, did you like New York? Would you move back? Yes, I love New York. I actually found myself in New York. Um and I think that that was really my coming out, if, if you really want me to be honest with you. Because yeah. um, in New York, you don't have to be anything. You can be everything that you ever want to be. Yeah, yeah. And um, I didn't quite understand that until like maybe four or five months of living there. Whenever I first got there, I was like, oh my gosh, what have I done? Like, this yeah, is yeah. crazy. I you know, walked away from a very high-paying job that... At that point, it was cushioned because I had, we had built uh, such a, a strong knit team, and um, you know, at that point, I was just kind of like reevaluating everything, and and that's where I, you know, progressed in uh, my love for nightlife, um, and 
you know, the nightlife there is out of this world, crazy. The artists that are there going, you know, kind of touching base on drag. There are so many artists that are in uh, New York, and you never know what you're going to see. Especially, you know, specifically if you're going to like a queer party. Yeah. Um, the very first like um, warehouse party that I had went to, it was in like a what used to be like an old car workshop. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like you look at it from the outside, and you're like, look at this this old rundown like building. And then you walk through two doors, and it is like it's a nightclub. Is it like the movies? Where it's just like a, oh, it's not like a you know. Building, you don't think it's like all oh, extravagant or anything. Just bricked up building. You go inside, just loud music, lights, strobes, everything. Yeah, there was a couple. Yeah. Um, this this particular one, um, it wasn't that extravagant. Okay. You know, it was like a pop up party. So, um, is it like the box? It could be. Yeah. 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 <laughs> have it you was, heard of the box? No, I have not. It is a wild place in New York. A little wild, I think, four story party. Wow, I mean, hey, I don't, I don't, I don't think I ever, uh, don't think I ever hit up that. I mean, I, I primarily stayed in Brooklyn. Oh, okay, so that that's the nightlife that I grew up in. Now there was one specific club that it was a queer space, and I don't really know the origins of how it come to be, mm-hmm. um, but it was uh, Brownstone. I'm gonna say it's not too far from Manhattan and it was a total queer space. Okay. So the bottom level used to be like some kind of retail. And I mean, it really did look like a house and you'd walk down this really long skinny hallway and then it broke out into two large spaces. Mm-hmm. You had a dance area in one and then our back around the corner, there was like a lounge, if you will, area. And so there were no windows. You never knew what time of day it was. Um, and so you would be immersed in this particular experience at this particular place. Almost like um, it's his own little world. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Imagining a place where you don't know the time or the time of day is a little wild. You know, I think it's euphoric. Yeah, yeah. You know, because it takes that bit of like what is quote unquote normal life. Yeah. And it just, it breaks away everything. So it's very immersive in that way. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh. Like you could go down there and be down there for days. It's kind of like, um, well, what's that one place? Eleven in uh, Miami. It's open 24 hours. Man, Miami. That's a crazy town. I know. We're going to that story too. <laughs> Would you like to go to New York together? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the closest I've been in New York is Atlantic City in Jersey. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, yeah. yeah you got you got to go over the bridge too. Got to go over the bridge, man. Atlantic City is a lot different than New York. Yeah, I imagine. Good food though. Yeah, I mean, to really be honest with you, you would absolutely love New York just because of the amount of authentic food. Yeah, I have this thing every time I hear New York or see New York, or even go, even when I'm watching like TV in New York, even if I'm watching like um, whatever the fuck, anything based in New York, the city life. The concrete jungle that New York is, tall buildings, the amount of people, the people just bust balls every day who don't, you know, don't give a fuck. Those type of people, I'm so attracted to it because it's just like, I feel like I'm one of them, but I'm just here down in Tennessee in the South. And I want to go so badly. Well, I, I really feel like that you you embody 
what the energy is of New York. It's yeah, kind of like yeah. in your being already. Yeah. Um, it does take a certain kind of person to live in New York. Um, you know, to kind of get back to the hustle that you were talking about. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I never felt alive until I lived in New York City mm-hmm. because it never stops. It doesn't matter if there's a blizzard outside. It doesn't matter if there's a hurricane coming through the city. Yeah. Um, it is a living, moving being, you know. I mean, it goes to say, you know, if New York sneezes, America says, bless you. Absolutely. I mean, when you think of New York, it's, when you think of America, it's like first place, New York City. New York, yeah. After that, L.A. Yeah. But yeah, New York's arguably... I mean, they got the best food, as you say. Yeah. Authentic food. Yeah, you can't beat the food. I mean, there's just so much culture there um, in, in the city. And for people that have never been, they'll never understand. Yeah. You know, people are like, oh, it's too big. There's so many people. Like, I can't, you know, I wouldn't be able to, to do it. And I'm like, but you don't know that until you go there. Yeah, I mean, they say that if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. You know, I think it's about a decision. Yeah. It's a decision whether you want to make it in New York. It's tough. Oh, man, it's so tough. Yeah, I mean, you made it. How long were you there? Four years? Three years. Three years. So you made it. First year is probably tough. The second, third year, probably just okay. You got the, the gist of what it's like to live in New York. And yeah. you kind of made it. You embodied that energy of New York. You know, I think uh, for Especially New Especially in Brooklyn. I think New York is a, uh, um, it attracts the people that like the hustle, you know, and, and that's attractive to me. Yeah. Like I, um, I don't halfway do anything, so I don't, I don't understand like, you know, I understand that people that halfway do something, you know, I do everything wholeheartedly, so I can't relate to the folks that say, oh, New York City is too big or it's too many people or I just can't relate to that because I don't have that kind of mindset. I, I feel that that is a limiting mindset and, um, yeah, I just feel that that's limiting and what I, I don't understand why anybody would want to do that. Same. I understand because me starting this podcast, I realized there was a, a lot more work to go into this podcast than what you people initially think. There's a lot of, a lot more communication with people around you and you i realize that there are people around me that don't want to be on a podcast obviously which is fine I don't, it's, it's fine guys if you don't want to be on a podcast and there are people who do want to be on a podcast and you know i haven't got to a point in my podcast with guests that i've ever argued with them yet but i want to because i want to see like what can i how, how can i get an argument to calm down and just go back to just, we may not agree with everything, but at least we can have a civil conversation. And that's what I want to do and show people that, yes, you don't have to agree with everything, but you can have a civil conversation between amongst each other. And I've learned in the podcast, too, that you just have to keep on grinding. You have to keep on thinking how you're going to evolve this podcast better and better every time. You have to think of, you have to think of questions of each other to where it's like, okay, like with you, I known you for six years, seven years. And it's just like, okay, I know who he is. I can ask these questions. But then I, I asked someone the other day if they want to be on a podcast and I haven't talked to her in forever since like high school. And, I'll, you know, clearly she, she ghosted me, but it's just like, okay, 
I never had a stranger on the podcast. What do I need to do to do that? So when I initially started this podcast, just like, okay, I, I, I want to take it to the next level, whatever next level is. I shoot for the stars because even if I don't reach the stars, maybe I, I can hit the stratosphere or the ozone later. But it's better than just a ceiling in my apartment, right? Absolutely. And then you, you, help, you help me elevate my lifestyle as well. Because you telling me when I was younger, first meeting you at um, a place that we worked together, was that don't ever stop hustling. Don't ever stop grinding. Don't stop working. Keep on going. And before that, it, I used to procrastinate. I, I, I have flaws, guys. I hope I one of you guys ever realized this. I have flaws, but I, I'm bad at procrastinating. And I'm bad at, I was bad at communication. And it was like, oh, it's to my detriment. And then when I met you, we talked, we... Somehow we, we, we got along. I don't know how, but we did. And then I realized that uh, your birthday is the day after mine, right? Yeah. And we are 10 years and a day apart. Exactly 10 years and a day apart. So I was like, oh, this is hella interesting. I've never met someone who had the same birthday as me besides my mom. And I met you, and I was like, okay, I like to keep this guy in my life. And ever since then... Just you being an inspiration and motivation for me is like, okay, I know what it's like to not succeed at all because I was already there. And now I've seen you succeed, and it, if it's, you're, you're like fuel for me to, okay, if I work as hard as him or if I had the same mentality, and I, if I just stop procrastinating and start doing, I can have something relative to his. If not better, I support that. Thanks, man. Yeah, absolutely. I hope you do because <laughs> <laughs> you're one of my well, you're my biggest supporter. I think in my head, I probably wouldn't be on this podcast if I didn't. But yeah. you know, I think we should just clear the air. I, I totally support that, and I don't know if anyone else on your podcast has asked this question. But why did you start this podcast? Spotify told me one day. That I was the top 2% of all podcast listeners in Spotify. So that's only, if you were, if everybody in America had Spotify, listened to podcasts at least once or clicked on a podcast, I would be top 1 million people in all of 400 million people in America. Well, so initially, the only people who listen to more podcasts than me, the one percenters, are everyone in the state of Tennessee, but I beat everybody else because there's only roughly maybe 1.2 million people in Tennessee. That's crazy. And then I've always wanted to have a creative avenue. Uh, I've always, and I'm a hard worker. I believe I'm a hard worker. And having a day job is cool, you know. It's cool, guys. It's not bad to have a day job. It makes money. You live your life. You pay for, you know, Pay for your rent, the money, the food, and everything. But I made that money last year, and I I made that mindset. Finally, I got to a point where I was like, okay, this is my mindset. Hustle, grind. And it paid off. Financially, it paid off. Then I was like, okay, what's after this? What the fuck am I going to do with all this goddamn money? You know, other than, you know, save it up, you know, pay for my rent, pay for my food and my health and everything. What else am I going to do? Because if this is it every day, just doing one, t- uh, one day job, what the fuck am I going to do? Then I started a lawn business. I, had, I was doing people's lawns. 
That was my second job. I still do it to this day. And it was just like, okay, I'm learning business. I'm learning to create something on my own and being, and I, I, I found joy in that. And I started doing that and it was just like, fuck, man, it's, it's a lot harder than I, I think it is because it's so fucking hot outside. Yeah, especially right now. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But uh, it taught me a little bit more of communication with other people and being a well-mannered person because you can't go to somebody and ask them for, you know, to service them if you're going to be an asshole. So it taught me business. It taught me people. It taught me, taught me how to be engaging with other people. And then I started listening to podcasts in that time because I had so much time at work and doing lawn care that I was like, okay, well, I can multitask. Let me listen to some music. At first, then I was like, man, music gets kind of boring, you know, after so many songs. And it's just like, I, I only like EDM and rap music. So it's just like, well, that limits my, but the people I like for music. So it's just like, okay, fuck it. You know, I don't like country music. So I was like, okay, let me, let me listen to podcasts. And, you know, my first podcast I ever listened to in my entire life wasn't even on Spotify. It was on YouTube, the Joe Rogan podcast, uh, his episode 911. But I never thought of it as, as, as a podcast. That was just a, you know, a show, a YouTube show. And then I got introduced to podcasting through Spotify, and it became a bigger genre in 2019. And it was just like, oh, shit, man. People can have intellectual conversations, and people can pick each other's brains. And not even that, there's different genres of podcasts that I can listen to that I'm interested in because you can't hear that stuff on TV because News Network or any network or TV won't have that type of conversation on there. And in podcasting, you're allowed to say, as long as it's not like, you know, uh, violent, but you're allowed to say the things that you need to say and have these conversations. And it's not like News Network and overhead of CEOs telling you what you can do in ratings. It's like, okay, if these people can just make an episode of what they want to talk about and it's a genre I like, I can just listen to it. So I started listening to all these podcasts now. I have like 26 different podcasts I listen to. I mean, I have hours and hours of episodes I listen to every day. And then in 2021, I was just like, well, I like to talk. I love talking. And I think I, I can be a good conversationalist with other people. Why don't I just make one? So in my head in 2021, I was like, okay, your goal is make a podcast. Buy your equipment. Don't have any overhead or, you know, someone telling you a news network or any network telling you what you can and can't say. And, and in 2020, this current year, I made it. So, and in doing so, I got to know my friends better. The people around me, the people around my life, my cousins, my friends, and people who I call family. I got to know them better because a lot of times we don't ever get to sit down and talk to them. A lot of times it's just, hey, text message, maybe a phone call, maybe a FaceTime, and that's it. But now that I get to, like, invite them on a podcast and get to pick their brains, I get to know them better. I get to know people around me better. And in doing so, hopefully there will be a point in, point in this podcast where I can invite random people on and get to know them better and create new friendships and everything. And, you know, in the, in the same time, I get to learn something I didn't know before. Everybody has info that I may not know, and I have info they may not know. So we share info. I get to know them more. They get to know me more. 
And and one of one of the episodes, um, what was the episode? The Father's Day episode. Daddy, can you tell me a story? I had him on Logan, and he told me his walk of life from you know old school days of Chicago, coming you know living in Atlanta and the back and forth to today. He is now my uh, the owner of the company I work for, and he's a guy who I, I also call dad every once in a while. And I get to pick his brain about that and tell me his walk of life because everybody has a different walk of life, you know. You have a different one than, than I did. And in the first episode, the Hey Pops episode with uh, EJ, he had a different walk of life back then too. So it's just like this is you know that's the reason why I made this uh, podcast. But it's been really nice to to see you grow um, and level up. Um, the fact that you think outside the box it puts you so far ahead of 99 percent of people living in this current world you know going back and you know about the news networks and you know particular information outlets like that you know they they paint the picture that you know that particular um, channel or network wants you to see and so i think it's great that you're stepping outside um stepping outside the box whenever it comes to communication. Um, but it is it has been wonderful to watch you grow. And I, and I will say, whenever um, the very first time I met you, I have um, a pretty sharp intuition about people. And it was one of those things where I was like, whoa, who is this person? Like, there was just such an energy around you. And, you know, I think maybe part of it is because we are, you know born so close together i think that there's a lot of um same type of energies there but i was just like i've got to get to know this person i mean no no offense you're pretty closed off whenever i first met you (laughs) and i was like dang this is going to be like you know trying to trying to break a a rock open well we're 10 years apart so it's just like i think i met you i met you when i was like what 20 and you had just turned 30 yeah so it was just like, wow, this is a huge age gap in just personalities and who we are. I mean, but after I believe after we got to know each other, we were just like, oh, we're we're twins in spiritual form. We're the, two two people, two peas of the same pod, whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> so it was just like, okay, and you know, I felt like then we we gravitated towards each other, talked to each other almost every day really you know i think that like energies always come together and so um it doesn't matter if you don't know that person um like energy is always going to be attracted and so um you know it's it's just it's just kind of hard to deny like there are some people there's uh, one particular really really good friend of mine uh i had uh, just started at uh, started at a, a job and i'd actually shown up a day early because well, I mean, let's just, I was, I was ready to get started. So, um, I showed up a day early and made the, uh, the management staff kind of rearrange the way that they were going to do things. But that's normally how I, I walk in and shake it up. But, uh, I was with this person probably 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And I looked at her and I said, you're going to be my friend. And the look that she gave me was like, what? Who is this person? Is that the friend I met? Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. She's a, I love her, dude. And um she we we kind of have similar backgrounds in how we grew up, but uh 
very, very different, different aspects of life. And uh, we are, to this day, tighter than we've ever been. She, um, she is such a grounding influence in my life. And um, there, I don't know what I would do without her. But it's kind of one of those things for me, like, I can, I can pretty well tell within the first couple of minutes whether I'm going to jive with somebody or not. And then there are some people that I meet that I'm like, this relationship is going to be life-changing. And sometimes those um, things don't, I can't really put a word to it as to, oh, it's, it's this or it, it's going to be this or it looks like this. But I have the intuition to be like, this person I need to keep in my life at all costs. And, uh, you know, I, I really feel like you're one of those people. Again, you know, I walked in not knowing anybody at this, at this place of business that we both worked, and you stood out from everybody. Now, there's a particular person that is one of my really, really good friends that I've known for, I don't know, how many years now. You know, he currently was working there, and you even outshined him. Because really? I was like, I need to keep this person close, I don't know why, but I've got to keep this person close and cultivate whatever relationship this is going to be. Because everything in the world with other people is a relationship, whether it's a good one, a bad one, a toxic one, um, a self-fulfilling one. Um, You know, all of those things, every single interaction with a person that you keep in your life is a relationship. And so um, sometimes you have to wait to see what that relationship is going to turn into. If it feels right, you have to take the the initiative. Um, and, you know, sometimes that's just listening. I feel like that most of the time, you know, kind of going back to your podcast here, um, it's just letting someone talk and getting their perspective. Once you have their perspective, then you can step in and have a, an intelligent conversation um, about who, what, where, and why, and how even. But um, I think it's great that you're, you know, that you're doing this podcast and that uh, this is your creative outlet. So I guess this is kind of your drag, right? Yeah, this, yeah, <laughs> this would be my drag. I'm here for it. I, I think we should start yeah. that. I like it. I mean, ever since me doing this podcast, really like, okay, I like being busy. I never like sitting down now. After, after like, you know, I basically had three jobs, really, podcasting, uh, day job, doing construction. And lawn care is just like, okay, I, I don't really have time to sit down. And I love that. I love just doing the things I want to do for me because it helps me like, okay, I'm doing it for me. It elevates me. And it, it what, it's what makes me happy. Like every time I do a lawn and the next day or not even the next day, but like the next week or month and I come back and they're like, oh, my God, my lawn looks amazing. It's lush and green. It's beautiful. It's just like, thank God, because I love doing this shit. And I, I, I can... I can, my results show to where they're like, oh, my God, he, he loves it because he's out there in the hot fucking sun, 110 degrees, 100% humidity every day just doing it. And I, most people wouldn't do that. The only reason I do because I love lawn care. I love just having the pop in the house where it's just like, oh, my God, the lawn looks amazing. This person gives a fuck about their house and their the way it looks. The gra- like I, I always tell people this. The grass is not green on the other side. You can water your grass, nurture your grass, and make that grass greener than everyone else around you. Why go to the other side when someone else is already doing it? Why don't you just take care of your own grass? So it's just like, okay. I don't know how that, you know, coincide with everything I said, but, you know, 
I didn't want to go job to job, jump job, you know, job just to see if the grass is greener. Why can't I just make my own lawn green? Well, I will say that your your results in that particular field, it's a good pun there, right? Yeah. Um, is really good. Like, Thanks. oh my gosh. It's just like, did you paint it? No, it just grows like that, man. Yeah. I, I um, And the backstory of that, that too is just two years of cultivating uh, my mom's lawn, front yard, and just seeing what works. That's two years that people don't see. Of just me out there doing the shit from my doing you know at my mom's place. I'm not getting paid for that. I'm just seeing if it works or not. There are times where I, I've taken a big loss where it didn't work at all, and you know I would you know leave a week to go on vacation, come back, and the whole entire yard is just destroyed. And then there'd be times like this year and the year before where I didn't have to do anything but water and very minimal fertilization. And it's just green. It's just popping. It's the best lawn in the whole fucking community. And it's just like, okay. And it, it goes for anybody who's thinking about, you know, starting a business too. It's just, you kind of have to do the work and take a loss first before you take it to public and do what, you, what you're going to do with it in the business. Because you just need to know the formula of your business. And finally, you know, after like, like I said, two years of, just learning about grass, and I've never been to school for this either. I don't. There's probably is a school for this. Was it botany or whatever? Sure. Yeah. There, there's probably a, a class for this in college about this, where you you know how how to do whatever I'm doing. But I just did it just off based off experience, and most of that experience is just losing. But eventually, I won and I got it. Well, I think that uh, trial and error is the best way to learn. You know, there you can sit down at a desk and you can get the the fundamentals down, but until you get out and apply it, that's where the devil's in the details, so they say. And um, you just have to get out and find your own formula. And uh, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't never think that it's a loss. It's just a way not to do it. You know. Yeah, you're right. It's it's not that I, I it's a loss. It's it's a learn. You learn you from it. There you go. Yeah, and I, I think about what you said too, where you don't have failure in your vocabulary and you don't believe in failure. I also don't believe in losing because I never lose. I learn. Absolutely. And eventually I'll win. Absolutely. We'll have to come back to that, I think. That's fine. I think it's the the legacy of the being. Because we're human beings, we're not human doings. And so it is success is who you're being. Now, some people can be a drug addict. Some people can be a CEO. I think for me and my definition of success, I kind of just touch back on, you know, what we were just talking about. It's, it's what do you leave people with? And, and, and this is going to sound horrible, but it's just, it's just how I feel and it's, it's where I'm at. There's a lot of times where I will run into people and they will know exactly who I am, but I can't remember who they are. And then they tell me of a a specific experience that they have with me. And then in that moment, I realize, oh, okay, we've had this moment together. But I think that is success. You know, when, when you walk in a room and people turn their head like, oh my gosh, this person's here. I'm so happy that they're here. In my eyes, that's success. You know, you can, I feel like that you can use that to gain money, to gain power, um, 
you know, I, I feel like that there's a lot of people in our society today that uses that stuff negatively. Um, but for me, I, I think that is success. And, you know, have I had perfect interactions with everybody? Absolutely not. I am human. I am not perfect. Never will be perfect. I am always overcoming to become the next best version of Eric. And that has been a very, very long road. Um, I'm actually three years into recovery from alcoholism. And so there's been a lot of perspective in just those three years of how I let a substance take my power away. And so now I'm trying to like make up for it. You know? You're doing good at it. Um, Very good at it. And so, you know, my... Success in my eyes now is I damaged a lot of relationships and um, in the time that I substance used and abused. And so the fact that I reach back out and apologize, that is just a part of the growth. That is a part of like the journey. And so now at this point in my life, I always try to put the best foot forward and, you know, you have to have those experiences to put things into perspective for you. Like, I would most likely have never have cared truly and honestly about other people's feelings until I truly got, truly love myself. And I think that that's, uh, that's another part of success. Like, you, you have to love yourself. Because if you don't love yourself, you're not going to love anybody else. And I think... Um, RuPaul says it best, if you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love anybody else? My mom said the same thing to me. And so, um, you know, that's success, loving yourself, accepting yourself um, in my eyes. You know, I, I don't think that there's any, any one thing that says this is what success looks like. I think it's, it's all different to, uh, to everybody. You know, for some people it's money. Um, for some people it's having, you know, a bunch of kids. For some people, it's having a jet, you know. I mean, that, that there is a certain level of, like, success yeah, yeah. with, you know, uh, material possessions. But um, I think at the end of the day, it's it's really, like, how you treat people. You know, you brought up that you are three years sober. Um, can you take me through the journey of um, being sober? Uh, what, 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 what were you thinking when you was like, okay, I'm going to be sober now. Take me through that journey. Sobriety. Hmm. Well, I think that there was there was a lot of things that were leading up to it. Um, I was tired. Um, you know, I had I, this current society that we live in. Alcohol is the only substance that you have to explain why you're not using it. Um, all the other hardcore stuff. Oh, you shouldn't do. You shouldn't do. But um, you know, you have to explain people why you don't drink anymore. And I think, I think that that is a, a, a problem. You know, why, why is it that we have cultivated toxicity in our body and that if you're not doing it, you're not okay or you're not cool. And I don't know if that's like, I just don't know where that come from. Now in, in the, community that I identify in and live in, which is the gay community, it is a safe haven for alcoholics. Um, and that that's kind of where I, I got started 
started in a sense like it was it was a party favor it was something that I loved to do all my friends were doing it and you know we would go out and have a night out and we would always have to drink because that's what nightclubs do is facilitate the sale of alcohol and so you know it was just socially acceptable and it was almost like weird if you didn't drink and so you know being a person that identifies as an individual, I did want to be a part of something. Like I wanted to be a part of something so bad in my community. And alcohol is just a part of that. And 13 years got by with partying. And after the 13 years, I was tired. I was at the end of the road for that particular situation. And for me, the people that I was hanging out with, you know, we would drink to at the you know probably after a year or so of drinking you would drink to get drunk you know that was get there as fast as you can and so you know my body was tired I was tired and it was you know one of those things that was hurting a lot of the relationships in my life you know it's not anything that I'm proud of but it's not anything that I would take away I would not take away any um, of the situations and or scenarios because I learned from all of it. It was a tough lesson learned, but I was ready for more. And probably, I'm going to say six months into my journey, I thought, oh, I'll graduate from this. Like, this will be like school. I'll graduate. I'll get my little piece of paper. And, uh, you know, I, I can maybe have a drink again. Because... You know, that's as kids, that's how that's what we're um, trained in school. Like you go and you do your homework and then you get your piece of paper saying that you graduated. I later found out that that is not how it is. Um, And it is a daily focus for me to cultivate positivity in my being. Um, And, you know, once you or let me take it back, once I understood that, life changed forever for me. Um, Everything is a journey. Nothing is a destination for me. There is not one thing that is a destination. There is not one item that is a destination. There is not one relationship that is a destination. Uh, Whenever I lived in New York, uh, I was in a polyamorous relationship, and there were four of us. And that really, like put some perspective on life because I was always taught that you have one, you be one, and that's it. Shit, you in a far away relationship? Yeah, there was we were in a polyamorous relationship and there was there were four of us. Damn. It was great. I mean How do you scheduled that out. <sighs> well <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but you don't have to go into detail but God damn boy. Yeah, it's uh uh you know, it's just life. It's life. Yeah, yeah. And you know, um but I, I, I take all of that, and again, there, it's not a destination. Life is not a destination. It's a journey. And so, um, and, and I got all of that just from my one year of being sober, because I had to come to the, the realization and the fact that the old Eric was dying and about to be dead. So in my second year of sobriety, 
is really when I had my true potential awakening. And from that moment, um, I had really taken all the limits that I had put on myself. And a lot of that had come from, you know, negativity and the just the, the situations that I had gotten myself into with life. Um, and, you know, it's, it's the last year has really been revolutionary in my life because now I don't have a destination. You know, I was like, I was like, oh, once I, once I live here, once I do this, once I, once I, mm-mm. And it took me a long time to figure that out, like, on for real, like, talking life. Like, it, it took me a long time. And that's not anything that you can learn in school. That's not anything that you can learn unless if you go through whatever situation that it is that is most detriment to you becoming your true self. Um, and, like, you know, now I, I've gotten more in my life done in the last three years than I did the prior 13. Now, outside of like, and when I say that, I mean my own level of what I think success is. That is the people cultivating. Um, you know, I had so many good friends in New York. I had so many good experiences in New York. And at that time, I was still, I, I was not sober um, at that time. And so I don't regret any of that, but but it's just all part of the journey. And, you know, my next level or leveling up, um, I probably could have gotten, if I would have focused and not partied so much, I could have gotten done some of the things in my mid to late 30s. I could have gotten those done in my 20s. Like buying a jet? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I feel like it could. <laughs> or we'll we'll take my S two thousand for example. You know, I, I um, you have to collect the item. <laughs> yes, um, for for those of you that don't know, Google it. It's great. Yeah, so it's it a, a it's a very, wonderful, very high sought out vehicle. Yeah, it, it it is at this point. Um, you know, I couldn't, I could have afforded an S two thousand brand new, but I couldn't afford the insurance on it, and that's because well, I decided to party. Yeah, party <laughs> instead, hard. Instead of uh, you know, get the what I thought was successful things at that time. Um, but I just lost my train of thought. It's okay. I go through it all the time in the podcast. <laughs> yeah. You, you talk some, everybody, you know, talk and just like, fuck, what, what the fuck was I saying? Man? Yeah. But, uh, you know, I got, I've gotten back to what I was saying. I got uh, the last three years, I've gotten more done in the last 13. And so, you know, for anybody that is out of place that they think, think that they are alone you're not you know there there is help out there and uh you know i had to have the realization that i needed help and i got the help and from there life has been wonderful you know my uh, particular mentor he said to me your misery is refundable and that like hit me i was like wait what do you, what do you mean it's refundable he was like you can you can go back it's refundable. You can always go back. And that I think that that scared me more. So I was like, no, I don't I don't I don't want to refund any of that. Like, like let's let that stay cashed out. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? You're done over there. Yeah, you're done with that. And so, you know, again, I, I try to be a positive person because I, I let negativity get me down for a long time. And so, you know, I try to use my light and my gift of 
love, which was instilled in me at a very young age to shine through and to build a legacy and to be successful. Um, because, you know, at the end of the day, the only thing that you've got is yourself. That's it. Nobody's coming. You got you. And from there, you know, you can decide whether to be successful, whatever, um, whatever that looks like to you. Um, but yeah, for, for anybody that's listening to this podcast, there, there is help out there. Um, so don't, don't feel alone and don't ever give up. Uh, once you give up, that's when you've reached the really bad destination. Yeah. You could say, um, my ultra Miami was your last hurrah of the partying scene. Would you say? Yeah, I think that, um, yeah, for, for that style of party, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that was my, I guess that was my graduation. Yeah. <laughs> if you will. Party um, with two, 200,000 people. Yeah, it was wonderful. Absolutely. I mean, I would still do it again. You know, I'd probably probably wear more sunscreen, but uh, yeah, I drink would, a whole lot more water. Yeah, I would drink a lot of water, too. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been, uh, I'm happy to be a part of the journey of sobriety you went through from, you know, Miami was basically the last we were for parting for you, you know, like that. Yeah. And then shortly afterwards, I want to say eight months after that, maybe not actually eight months, but afterwards it was just like, okay, you, you um, start your sobriety. And, you know, for me to be there for the last party all the way up to the start of your last, your sobriety up to now, it was just like, man, this man, he's been through it. You know, he's, he knows what he needs to do. And, but you, to see you evolve from the person you were before to the person you are today was like shit. He really just took it and ran with that motherfucker. And, what? you know, to see you, your mentality back then compared to your mentality now, it's, it's elevated. Yeah, but I think that's the goal, right? Yeah. I think, I think for anybody, I think that that should be the goal is to, to elevate um, in a positive positive way um i'm sorry even i lost my train of thinking <laughs> can you tell me um you know you've always been a, a motivational figure for me and a person of inspiration and feel can you tell me where you got this mentality of the hustle grind and how you got to where you are today because you're, you're 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 like you're my millionaire friend so I think that for me, we are setting the example for others in our own individuality. So, you know, it kind of goes back to that whole legacy. You know, what, what do you, how do you want to be remembered? Do you want to be remembered? And for me, my my mind and brain runs at such a high level all the time. That is the only way that I know how to control my energy. You know, is to to be working towards a goal. And um, the hustle and the work, man, it's fun. It's so much fun. I get it's so much fun. You and, know, some people don't don't like that. Some people every time I say, man. I love the hustle and grind. It's, it's, it's just who I am. Is is how I, I'm a high functioning person. I vibrate, as you say, to you, for yourself. I vibrate at a very high frequency, and it's loud. 
I vibrate very loud, and I just fucking destroy everything as I go in a good in a good manner, not in a bad way. Yeah. But as you know, some people just don't like that. I'm just like, it, for me, I don't understand how someone can be just stagnant in their position, you know, to to just not not want to elevate and move forward and do more things, and um. You know, it's a blessing that I, I found you as a friend to that has the same mentality. You know, but yeah, some people don't like that. What do you, you got to say with those people? You know, I think it's it's a mindset. So, were you know, I think my first question, you know, if someone were to ask, it's you know, what are you cultivating inside your heart and your head? You know, if you have been in a life situation that is not been a positive experience how are you are you going to react to it or be proactive about it you know for um you know for the people that aren't um motivated i i would have to say that your your why is not big enough you know uh whatever it may be like you you need to figure out like why you do what it is that you do do you do it just to survive do you do it because it's a passion? Do you do it for a change? Um, and, you know, whenever I was going through my first few months of recovery, like I had to have those hard conversations with myself. Like, whoa, man, you talk about digging up the demons. Um, you know, because there was a lot of things that I had just like boxed away and put away because I didn't want to deal with it. You know, um, for me, you know, I thought and this is how small-minded I was at the time, that society would never accept me because of who I am and how I live my life. And, you know, I was really just making excuses for me not to live up to my God-given potential. And who, who am I to sit here and say that I can't share my light with the world and with people? Like who who am I to to keep that what the universe has given me boxed up in something and not give it away? And at that time, I was not successful spiritually. Um, you know, I um, again, I, I just had had these ideas that I was not going to be accepted because of who I am. But it's okay because I am elevated. And, you know, it made a lot of people feel uncomfortable. At the end of the day, if they don't want to be a part of it, fuck it. Fuck them. Fuck them. I mean, it's, they'll eventually come around, you know, because they're dealing with their own stuff. You know, uh, I feel like a lot of people would have insecurities being around me just because I'm a social butterfly. I don't know. I don't know a stranger. I don't even know what a stranger is. Like, that's, that's weird. You know, my parents are always like, oh, don't talk to strangers. Don't talk to strangers. That's not what we're put on here for, you know? I could imagine. You're like, hey, you want to talk? You want to kidnap me? Yeah. They would, <laughs> in that particular situation, they would be like, oh, gosh, what, what, have, what, what have we picked He's up here? He's trying to get kidnapped. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Can we take a quick break? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. And we're back. Yeah. What was I asking you? What were you saying? Uh... God-given potential, sharing the light. Um, hmm. I think the sub- subject was, 
um, your mentality to hustle. And oh yeah, 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 mentality, man. That's you know, um, that is just where it's. It all starts in, in the mind and like what you. I feel like what you put in, you get out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I read quite a bit now, which I I've never really done up until as of recent, and um, yeah. I highly recommend reading. For anybody that doesn't do it, pick it up. It's great. It's a great hobby to have. Oh, I don't read, but I do listen to audiobooks. I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm a I'm a very much of a audio type of guy than visuals. Every time I read a book, I'm like, oh god, I gotta read this book. I get tired of reading. <laughs> but when it comes to like audiobooks, I, I can at least multitask, do things, get things done, and listen to audiobooks. A great book for everyone to listen to is You Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. You know David Goggins? Mm, I don't think so. So besides you being my inspiration and motivation to do shit, he's also my inspiration to do shit. I'll have to check him out then. He's a Navy SEAL. Uh, he, He has multiple accolades in the armed forces, and he's my inspiration to run 48 miles because he runs 250 miles. Can you touch base a little bit on that? The 48 miles? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because um, I know people think I'm crazy. You probably think I'm crazy. No, no, no. You're probably like, oh, God, he's just doing what he does now. Um, So running 48 miles in 48 hours, you can either split it up, you know, four by four, you know, four hours, four miles every four hours or however you want to divide it. But basically, you know, I would start at 12 a.m. in the morning, run four miles, go to bed, wake back up at, at 4 a.m. in the morning, run four miles, go to bed, wake back up at 8, and do that. The reason why I'm doing that is because who who actually wakes up and wants to do hard things? Who wants to challenge themselves to do difficult tasks every day? I do. I love that shit. Like, right before I came here, I ran seven miles in the morning. Got Ran seven miles, got ready. I was like, all right, I'm a. Guess I'll pack up my shit and go to Eric's place, but it's a mind over matter thing, you know. And for people who, who who don't have that mindset, you know, this is one way to do it. You don't have to run forty eight whole miles, but you have to get up, get the fuck up, motherfucker. Go walk, go yeah. jog, go do something. You don't have to run all forty eight. You can jog it, you can walk it, you can fucking crawl it, you can do anything. But just know that you've done that. You've You've overcame a demon where that told you, hey, you can't do this. 48 miles, that's crazy. 48 miles is east, uh, north Nashville, all the way down to Murfreesboro. That's 48 miles. You basically ran from, you know, my house to your place. That's 48 miles. That's a little less, but, but you know, get up. Do something. Set a goal. You know, you don't mean to be a very goal-oriented guy. If I set goals, I'm going to finish them. I'm going to do them. I'm going to get there. You know, the stars, the stars is the limit. You, sh- you should aim for the stars. If you hit the stratosphere, you hit the ozone layer, you hit the fucking roof of your apartment building, or even you go past the stars, you don't know unless you mm-hmm. aim for it. Whether you miss by a mile or you're missed by an inch, you're there. So my, my mindset was, all right, I'm going to do these 48 miles. I'm going to run them. I'm going to Run them, jog them, I'm going to crawl them. If, my, if I get too tired and my legs wear out, I'm still going to fucking put the four miles in every four hours for 48 hours, and I'm going to get it done. And I have that under my belt. You can ask anybody. Who you know, who you know is going to do that? 
I know a lot of people that do half marathons. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people that do full marathons. I don't know nobody that does 48 miles, though. And I don't know anybody that's going to do that in two days. In that, you know, in that interval, whether it be, you know, however you guys want to, you know, divide 48 hours and 48 miles. But, you know, I woke up one day, I was like, I'm going to do it. I want to do it. I'm going to challenge myself. Let's go do it. What has been the um, the biggest thing in doing that particular program that you have brought from it or what is uh, or that you've gotten from it? Discipline. Yeah. Discipline is doing something you don't want to do, but you do it like you love it. I hate fucking running. So, like, you, your, our body types are built different from each other. Yes, they are. I so agree. I, you, I would say you're more built for endurance, right? Yeah, I was a competitive swimmer in uh, school, so I swam the longest freestyle uh, event along with the individual medley, which is all four strokes. So I am an endurance swimmer and an endurance runner, and... uh yeah, I do. I do feel like I have a little bit of an edge over yeah. over a lot of people when it comes to endurance stuff. So yeah, I, I agree with that. And um, I, I'm a I'm a very you know as a more bulky guy. You know, I'm only five foot eight, but my stats can be very high too. I can weigh in. My biggest ever weighed in of just muscles at thirteen percent body fat was two hundred and five pounds. You could lift a whole building. Uh, I wish I could. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. You could. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, okay. And it comes to mentality too. It's just, it just if I said to myself that discipline is doing the things you hate like you love it, then what? You can do almost anything. Yeah, you can. No, absolutely. If you hate something, you do it like you love it. Well, you do it as good as you love it. What's going to stop you from doing anything else? Hmm. It's just discipline. I hate running. Don't get me wrong. My knees are shot. I broke both my knees. I tore my ACLs left and right. I broke. My right knee twice, my left knee one time, and I still run. I run on days I feel good, how highly hydrated with water. I can do like today. I can, well, next week, let's say I can do um, I'm half marathon on Saturday, mm-hmm. and day after I can do another half marathon, a double half marathon. And it's beautiful. And it's just like okay, you know, it's a, it's a discipline thing. Consistent. It teaches me consistency for running. And it teaches me discipline to run, to get up every fucking day to run. You know, every day, every day, every day I run, I actually look at my shoes for like ten minutes. Getting that mindset right? Yeah, because it's just like, man, fuck. If, if I go run, man, I'm running in 110 degree weather. Mm. I'm running in the sun. I'm running in the heat. It's hot as fuck outside. And after I get done running, man, my fucking legs are hurting so bad. I, Getting ice tubs, I do sauna, and it's just like, man, do I really want to do this? And I, I talk to myself, I talk, I talk out, myself out of it. You know, it's like, oh my god, I like to play mind games for myself. But then I was like, fuck it, man, put your shoes on. That's a, that's step one. Yeah. Put your shoes on. Step two, grab a water bottle. Step three, walk out of that fucking door and lock it. Lock that door. That's that's like the most important. Lock that door. Don't because you're not gonna be able to go back in if you lock it. I mean, you have a key, but you know. It, yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. It got takes you. it takes it takes time to walk, walk go back in and unlock it. So lock that door. Get in your car. It's the next step. It's like okay, I'm in my car. I just gotta turn the motherfucker on and get out there. Yeah. I do it. I get to the park. I'm at the park now. So it's just like why well, turn back? Yeah. I drove all the way here. Why why the fuck am I drive back? So it's now the journey, right? Yeah. So now it's just like. 
We're just running these motherfucking miles, Ellen. So I do. I run seven, eight, half a marathon every fucking day. So it, it, that yeah, that's is discipline, consistency teaches you a lot of things when you te- when you when you go through hard challenges and when you take yourself through hard challenges, it teaches you something new every time. Is you you know during during my runs, I get I get visited by demons all the time. The demons of hey, man, you should stop running, man. Or the demons of, hey, it's pretty hot. Why don't you just go back to the car and drink an ice-cold water bottle? A demon of, hey, man, why are you running all these miles? I thought you loved working out with weights. I talked myself out of them. It's like, fuck you, demons. I'm going to get this done. You ain't better than me. I'm better than you. Hmm. And then it's also therapy for me because I get to talk to myself now. It's just me and son, really. Because it's therapy in a way, like, I kind of get to go and reflect everything I've, I've done in the past month, past week, past 10 years. It's like, oh, shit, man. That's, you know, just that's that's how it is for me when I run. And now I get to do it for 48 miles, 48 hours. And that's beautiful. Yeah. I need to take up that challenge. If you want, you can, you, you can run it, you can jog it, you can walk it, you can crawl it, you can bike it. How often do you do, you do this? this like a consistent thing in your workout regimen or is this something like you do uh, once a week, once a month, once a quarter? 48 mile thing? Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is my first time. Oh, first time. Okay. I, well, I'm going to try it. And if, if it turns out to where it's going to be really damaged by my body, which it will, because <laughs> nobody runs 48 miles like willy nilly with very minimal sleep. Yeah. I may not do it, but at least I, I have it to where like, hey, I've done it before. I really want to go back to just weightlifting. If anything, I, I love weightlifting better than running. But this is something where I was just like, I, I just want to do this. I will say that uh, I do like uh, lifting weights with you um, because you push me to be better in the gym. You know what my mind goes through when I lift weights? What's that? And my, so let me tell you the mind I go through when I lift weights and the mind I go through when I run. When I lift weights, I think of myself being crushed and killed by the weights. So it pushes me to like, hey, if you drop this weight, you're going to die. And you don't want to die right now. Bro, that's intense. So push yourself hard and pick it up. Pick the motherfucking weight up and go. It, it may not sound healthy to other people, which is probably not. But it, it puts you in a state where like, if you, think, if you were to think in a situation where you, could, you may be crushed and you just turn on every muscle fiber in your body to move that thing away from you or pick it up or anything... It puts your mindset like, okay, it's like a state of like panic almost. Well, I think it's that no matter what mentality. Yeah, yeah. And then like when I run, I run out of fear because I always imagine there's like a, a bear behind me. Okay, so you know what fear is, right? No, I don't. False evidence appearing real. So yeah, I guess I use that. Yeah. Because <laughs> I imagine like an animal or a beast behind me. And don't you trust me? If you saw a bear behind you or a, or a big cat, yeah, you're gonna fucking run. Yeah, I'm out. I'm out yeah, of here. Yeah, you're gonna run like Scram. no one else. So that's what I do when I run because it's just like, you know, you're fast. You're not gonna miss a step. Trust me. You're very calculated when you're running that in that subconscious because it's just yeah. like if you fuck up, you're gonna die. Yeah. So that's how I like to run. And like I said, guys, it's probably not healthy to think like that. But it's just how I think to push myself to the limit. And make, make I push myself to the very limit, and it 
it allows me to be to make another limit. And my limits just keep on going further and further and further every time. I'm here for that. I'm here for that all the day long. That's a... Uh, Your puppy wants you. Yeah, no. He's needy. So let's see. Hour 48 minutes in. You have any questions for me before I go into the last three? Hmm. Now's your time. Ask me anything, Eric. What what motivates you to elevate in your life? When I was younger, I, I never thought I could make it anywhere. Never thought I could make it to my own place. Never thought I could um, achieve any sort of greatness. I had a lot of self-doubt when I was younger. Um, what motivates me to achieve greatness or... if what was the question again? What made a, oh, uh, what motivates you? Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> you forgot. Oh, this. sorry. Yeah, I was in it. I was, I was in the zone with you. Um, yeah, we might have to edit that out. No, I'm gonna keep it in. Okay, okay. you want to keep it in there? But okay, if, cool. if you, what motivates me? Let's say. Yeah. To, what what motivates you to keep going? Like keep what going. what is it that um, like is it yeah what what motivates you? Like what's what's your motivation? Like inside, is it a spiritual? Is it outside? Um, is it an outside influence? Is it you know what 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 is what does that look like for you? It's multiple things. If you, now that I remember the question, it's multiple things. It would be I motivate myself, and my mom motivates me. I uh, like I said, I never thought I could ever achieve anything young as I was younger because I thought I was just dumb. I thought I was uh, a lazy piece of shit for a long time, too. And I, my mom motivated me because it was like, hey, man, do you want to be this piece of shit guy? Do you not want to achieve anything? Do you just want to be just a, I hate to say it like this, but a loser? Now, in a sense, I, I want to make my mom proud of who, who I've become and the things I've made come true for me. And the things I've created for myself, and the situation and the place I've, I've, I'm in, um, you know, my mom's a my mom's a, an immigrant parent from Laos, came to America. She is a citizen, guys. Be, relax, and um, she put that hard work ethic into my mindset. Was like, hey man, this is immigrant mentality. When you come to America as an immigrant, you have no time to stop. You gotta keep on grinding. And for them, it's like, okay, it was almost like famine mentality in a way because it was like, we have no food, we have no money, we, we can't even speak the native tongue here in America. What are we going to do? Well, we, we can work, and we can work hard, and we can make it, and we can learn. So she had it is immigrant mentality, and I say it a lot in the other episodes too. Don't stop grinding. Don't stop hustling. Just keep on going. It's okay if you feel down sometimes. Pick, pick yourself back up. And it's okay to feel down. Take a second to breathe and then pick yourself back up. And she motivates me every day because she's the one who raised me. And how do you let someone who raises you from the very bottom of you know, the, the social status of money from an immigrant parent here and raise you all the way up to now? Is that how you let that person down? Why would you let that person down? So she motivates me to strive for more. We're here in America now. We're in the land of opportunities, as I say. Mm. Don't, don't, 
Don't let go of it. Keep on going. Don't let this opportunity go away from you. You know, to me, you know, she, she worked so hard to come here. Why would I let that opportunity go away from me, you know? And I motivate, motivate myself because, well, do I want to be said loser? Do I want to, do I want to, you know, make the people around me sad? Do I want to not achieve things in my life? Whether it be big things or small things. I have big goals and small goals. So I motivate myself every day. The moment I wake up, I wake up screaming. Not in a literal sense like I'm yelling, but like I wake up full of fucking energy. It's like, okay, let's fucking go. When I wake up, I don't lay in bed. I wake the fuck up. I bounce out of bed, actually. I jump out of bed. I feel bad for my neighbors downstairs and my neighbors beside me because I jump the fuck out of bed every fucking morning. When I wake up, there's a post note in my fucking front door. Not my front door, but the door to my bedroom mm. that says, remember why you're here. Mm. And I go to my bathroom and I have a sticky note from you that says, you mean something to, to this world or you mean you make a difference. I was like, okay, I'm motivated. I motivate myself. People around me motivate me. I'm always going to do something. I always want to do something to where people are going to remember who I am. People are going to cry for me when I die. I hope so, at least. I motivate myself. People motivate me. There's a whole lot of things. Everything, a lot of things motivate me. You know, if you're materialistic, cars can motivate you. Big houses, yachts, jet airplanes can motivate you. If you're, um, if you just want to be happy, that can motivate you to just, you know, to to well, to just bleed out happiness. That can that motivates me. Like when I come to your apartment, it's such a big, tall apartment. It's just like this motivates me. I want to live this lifestyle, you know, whatever. When I go see uh, my friends' uh, houses and everything, that motivates me to what do I need, you know, what do I need to do to get there? I take the steps to do it, set goals to do it. When I see, you know, I see people driving Lambos, Ferraris, and nice cars, just a new car, period. I drive an old, older car now. It's just like, okay, that motivates me to, to succeed in both financially when I see people smile and be happy and see people live the life, see people party, that motivates me to be happy with them. What do I need to do to be happy with them? Set, you know, it sets a mindset for myself to, to be motivated. Motivation is kind of, it's almost a perspective thing. What motivates you almost, I, I guess, I don't know. At this point, I'm just rambling. But it's, what do you see around you that motivates you? Do you motivate yourself? Does the person in your life that gave you that gave you life motivates you. You know, it, a lot of things motivate me. I can't really pinpoint everything. You know, I feel like I've said the big ones, me and my mom. Those two always motivate me. Because there'll be a day I won't have my mom. But I have me till the day I'm not here. And I should motivate myself all the way fucking through. And like you said before, who's going to be there for you? It's going to be you. You're always going to be there for you. Who are you going to call when no one's there? Well, you can call yourself because you're right there with you. Mm. You're always there with you. So it also comes in to play off the 48 miles too, was push yourself and struggle. If you can push yourself and struggle through the hardest times, the hard times aren't really hard. You know, some people may think it's hard because they never went through hard times like that. But mm-hmm. if you push yourself, I mean, I mean, fucking push yourself to extreme. To be just a ment- mentally tough person, to have the tes- 
to have the testicular fortitude to go through shit. You can be all right. You can be okay. That's what I like. That's what I do. That motivates me. Fucking going through hard shit. Do I want to go through hard shit all the time? No. And there are some aspects of hard times that I don't want to go through. Mm. But sometimes they are presented and you have to go through them. And don't take it as a negativity. Take it as an okay, it, it makes me a better person. It makes me, you know, makes me tougher. And, you know, I guess in a way that can also be what we call toxic masculinity. Mm. Well, <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah. It, it kind of depends how you, how you look at Absolutely, it. Absolutely, yeah. But for me, it's just like, okay, in, in tough situations, I'm stoic because it's just like, okay, I've been through this. I can do it. I can get through it. And some people may be, be, be in fear of it. But for me, it's just like, okay, I, I'm going to be okay. I'm good because I've been through a challenging time already. I can go through it again. I think uh, I like uh, you said, why would you let them down? Yeah. I mean, look, look, it's like how, how you are to me. I don't want to let you down, bro. I'm sure you want to see me succeed and have a way I see success. Absolutely. But I don't want to let you down, you know, not given that I will fail. I know you don't like the word, but I will learn. Learn and loss, loss and learn. However you want to see, however you want to put it together. You, you just learn not to do it that way, right? Yeah, yeah. You just, you, I'm, learn, I'm learning. Yeah. And I don't think I'm ever going to stop learning. I'm always going to learn. Like even with the podcast, I'm always going to learn with it. Like how to fucking do better production and everything. I'm always going to learn. Okay, and based on your vocabulary, I'm never going to fail. But I'm always going to learn. But again, I don't want, I don't want. I I don't want to like you know, go through the thing where you're not gonna be proud of me, you're not gonna be happy for me, or anything like that. Like why would I why would I want to let you down? And you know I think it it you have a mindset already like okay, everyone's gonna be in a part of their life where they're learning, and then they're gonna win. And I think you understand that, but yeah. I want you to see me win eventually. I mean I think you're winning right now if you ask me, man. Well, just to be honest with you. I mean, the, the fact that you are at the quote-unquote age that you are, you are so far ahead of many people that are your same age. I hope so. Yeah, no, you are. But, you know. For sure. I don't ever see myself like that. I don't see myself winning. And I think it's because I push myself to such extremities. But it's just like, for that, that right there, it lets me know, if I don't feel like I'm winning, let's keep on going. Eventually, you're going to win. Don't get me wrong. Guys, this, I'm 26. This isn't like a one-done deal. This is a whole journey to the day I fucking die. And yeah, maybe one day I do feel like I'm winning. That, that, that day will come. But the other people, like you, know, like you said, you think I'm winning. But for me, I'm not. But it's, like I said, it's, my journey is not done yet. And I, this is, I felt like I haven't even taken the first step. I'm before the beginning. This yeah, is the prequel. Yeah, there we go. And just be, and, and you know, look at me now. This is the, before the beginning. You're just getting warmed up. I'm just getting warmed up. I'm stretching. I haven't I haven't taken the first step or even you know, I haven't got to the point where it was like get set ready. This is me just warming up. This is me stretching. You, you know. So, do I feel like I'm winning? No, guys, I don't. But when I do, I'm making a big splash. In both a big and small pond. Hmm. 
So that yeah, that that's what motivates me. That's what gets me to where my mojo was at. You know, last year I was just it was hustle and grind every fucking day. Yeah. And going through that, I was like, holy shit. This hustle and grind gets me to where I'm at today. This hustle and grind gets me to where I'm financially freedom. This hustle and grind gets me to where I feel good about myself. And why the fuck am I gonna stop? Yeah. Why the fuck why the fuck am I gonna stop the hustle and grind? Do I want to slow down? Fuck no. I'm going to keep on going. I said this in the podcast titled, Can I Get a Raise? I, I don't get tired. I get eight hours of sleep roughly every day, give or take one or two. But I don't stop. The moment I wake up, I'm going. The moment, I don't even, I don't even watch TV. I have two fucking big ass TVs. I don't even watch TV. Why? If I can watch TV... For an hour or two, or binge mm-hmm. watch, why the fuck am I not thinking of think of ways to make the podcast better? Why the fuck am I not exercising, and getting my body right? Why the fuck am I not, you know, pre making my meals and getting healthy meals for myself? Why the fuck am I not doing that? TV don't do, TV don't do nothing for you but entertain, but it can be a detriment for you if you slack off on what you need to do as far as eating right, thinking right, and being right. I just have two big ass TVs in my apartment just for no fucking reason. It looks cool, right? I hope so. Maybe <laughs> not as cool as yours. But yeah, I mean that motive, that's how that's my mentality back from you know two thousand one to today. It's just don't stop, bro. If you have time to play games, don't get me wrong, I'll play games with my you know, my best friend too, but yeah. that's at nighttime and that's one time a week. But the rest of the time it's like you gotta get going, dog. You gotta get going. And you know, there are people and people on this journey with me that I have lost in a way that I don't talk to them no more. But, you know, it, at the end of it, they can be proud of who I've become, who I will be, and what I've accomplished then. And, you know, my life isn't all about accomplishing everything, getting all these accolades. It's just creating the best version of you. Yeah, it's it's, it's how I it's like it's how you know how I elevate myself and how I evolve to who I am and who I will be. It's just part of that journey. And all that hopefully sums as you know answers the question of what motivates me. I like it. So I don't know if someone has asked this, but where did you get I'm stuffed for the name of the podcast? <laughs> so my initial name for the podcast was going to be Going Deep. But someone already has that. So one day, you know, I'm a big eater. My my motor my motor sin is gluttony. Mm, okay. And um, one day I was just eating so much food, and I was like, "Man, I'm stuffed." But then I realized, oh, "Fuck, I like that. I like that saying. I like that those two words. This could be my podcast name. Fuck it. I put it in. No one has it." I have to I have the copyright for it now. I'm stuffed. And the podcast can be stuffed with information, can be stuffed with motivational quotes. It can be stuffed with just emotional two emotional beings talking to each other. I'm stuffed. What are you stuffed with today? Are you stuffed with love? Are you stuffed with food? Are you stuffed with negativity? Look inward. What are you stuffed with today? Are you stuffed with just the joyous of being around people, I'm stuffed. So that, you know, that's, yeah, that's why I picked the podcast name because I was stuffed of food that day. 
That's fitting for you, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know me. You know me yes. as a big eater. I eat yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. Still got to keep this figure. Well, you know, I mean, I, for those that don't know me, I used to have like really, really, really long hair. Like it was down to the middle part of my back. And so while I was growing my hair, my saying was that you get long hair from eating all your food. So Yeah, and I eat all my food. And Elton definitely eats all his food. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no one's ever asked me that. I like it. <clears throat> I think it's great, though. What What are you stuffed with? I think that that is, um, you know, something you can definitely leave your listeners with. I think that's a a great um, a great spot. Yeah. Watching the rain fall. Yeah, I know, right? That, it rains pretty pretty intense out there. Oh yeah. Anything else you want to ask me? So, hmm. you're the, you know you're the only guest I've ever had to ask me this many questions. Oh, I, it's interesting. I I want to know everything. It's interesting. Because it kind of goes back to what we were talking talking about earlier, like, what can I learn? Yeah. You know? Um, I guess probably one of the last ones is, what is the direction of I'm Stuffed going? Where is it going? What's the goal? I mean, I know to, like, have, um, you know, um, famous people on. I know that. But, like, what is your your ultimate goal of where what and where you want it to go? Or have you even thought that far? To be fully authentic with everybody I have on this podcast and to show authenticity to everybody and to show eventually, you know, if I do have a person that wants to argue anything that I've said in past was to show that you can have an argumentative, not argumentative, you can have a conversation between two people that don't agree with things but have it in a civil, normal conversation to to provide advice, actually. I've always asked, you know, at the end of every podcast, I ask people advice all the time. And in doing so, I tell everyone, I'll take everybody's advice. I always take advice from everybody. You may never know what day or when the advice may help you out. You never know, you know. And um, in doing so, you know, I get to record it and I get to have it on with everybody, all my guests. And they get to tell me the advice at the end of every episode and... Maybe one day it may help somebody. Maybe one day this podcast may help somebody. Maybe one day this episode between you and I may motivate someone to do the things that you know you and I are currently doing, or to push themselves harder to to be motivated. And you know, maybe one day in my future episodes, people could find laughter and hilarity in the podcast I do. You know, if you want to crack jokes, I always tell everybody: you want to crack jokes, have fun, talk shit, go ahead and do it. It's it's authenticity between people that I have on, because I feel like people lose people have lost that in today's society. Authenticity, Ooh. where you know, no one nobody gets to have two hour conversation with each other anymore. People don't people don't come over and talk. People just text. Yeah, I agree with that. Or everything is summed up in a picture. Yeah, so it's just like, or at least yeah. tried to be summed up in a picture. And you know, I want to tell everyone this. Just because I have a podcast doesn't mean I don't want to talk to you or, you know, this and that. I still do talk to Eric. I still I come over once in a while. Yeah, absolutely. He is, he is obviously a busy man. Man, I stay on the hustle, bro. Yeah. But, you know, he and I do find the time to talk. Even with my best friend, too. She and I are also very busy people. But we do find the time to talk and go see each other. And it just goes for everybody else I've talked to on the podcast. I always go see them as well. It's just this time, it's recorded. And in the future, way down in the future, if technology is still a thing, we don't get hit by solar flares, I get to go back on this pod 
and listen to every episode. And I get to be like, holy shit, this is what they said back in 2022. This what this is was this is his mentality at 36. 20 years from now, when you're 56, I get to go back and maybe I get to do a pod where it's just you and I, and we listen to clips of this pod, and it's just like, hey man, you remember back when I was 26 and you were 36, and this is what we said and this is how we thought. I get to go back on that, and I get to like it's almost like a diary, almost of an audio diary between person and guest, where it's like, holy shit, and maybe somebody else may find what I talk about useful, you know, that's, that's what the podcast is. The direction I want the podcast to go to is obviously get, get as many people on. Everybody has a walk of life and it's different from everybody else. My mom's walk of life from, you know, from Vietnam war to here, it's different from probably some other guy on the road that we see. Everybody has a different walk of life. So the direction is to have as many people on as possible they keep the podcast going, obviously, and it'll, it'll ebb and flow as you know it grows. I mean, not not every podcast is going to be the same, but it'll, it'll evolve. It'll be better, hopefully, and um, hopefully, I can get my money back through advertisement to get my yeah, get all my money back from buying all this goddamn equipment. <laughs> and um, to grow the podcast too, as well. I mean, grow with the you know with social media. Um, it's difficult to do. Because I also am afraid of social media. I don't get on it too often. I guess this way, this is my form of social media is podcasting. So if people listen to it, it's like, okay, I got my followers for the podcast. But to grow on different platforms too, to you know, to spread the word. And uh, is this by any means uh, a health awareness podcast? Probably no. You know, I think I have it listed down as hobbies and comedy. But by... By any means, is it like a therapy podcast? No, nah, it's just two motherfuckers talking. I can't wait to be uh, be on the podcast later down the road. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just imagine, you know. For me, you have to, I have to imagine what will happen and what the possibilities of it too. You know, hopefully, I, one day I'll get my own studio, have it all set up the way I want it, do video podcasts as well, and you know. Just be a podcaster. I, I would love to have put a lot of my time to this. Yeah. A lot of my time is in my day job. Obviously, that pays the bills and everything. But, you know, as I do more of these podcasts and as, as I become a heavyweight by doing the reps and episodes every time, it's like I grow more fond of doing them now. Well, I will say this. This is the, the very first podcast I've ever done, and I am thoroughly enjoying myself. This is actually yeah. a hell of a lot of fun. You know, a lot of people come on the podcast and, podcast and they're like oh man I'm nervous and I was like look you'll, you'll be nervous for the first 30 minutes but once the conversation keeps on going you're like oh, you, you don't want to stop well I think uh, for me I was just like damn I don't want to hear myself yeah you ever have that yeah yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> as, as a guy I do I do mainly do like two hour episodes yeah so I listen to myself for two fucking hours so it's like fuck man when am I gonna fucking stop talking but um but yeah I mean it's uh it's something I come to love as podcasts, and I'm glad that it came to be that they are a real thing. Because now I'm now I'm just gonna fucking do it all the time. I support that. Yeah. So you want to end it with the three last three questions? Yeah, let's do it. <clears throat> so the last three questions I ask everyone on every episode: um, Who's your hero? It's got to be just one. It can be many. Probably gonna go with like a juvenile answer on this one. Okay. 
Probably like uh, the Marvel super characters. Which ones? I think all of them. They all have their own spot in their own space. Like you've got Wonder Woman where everything bounces off her cusp. You've got, you know, Spider-Man. I think maybe he's part of that. I don't know. I could be wrong about that. but I don't know either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of one of those things. Um, but, you know, each one of those characters has their own specific niche of saving people. Yeah. And so I think that that's kind of how I look at it. Um, my heroes are anybody that bring joy. And the only thing that I can really associate that with is, you know, the comics. Um because it brings everybody joy. It doesn't matter. The Hulk, if that if he's in in that wheelhouse, I don't know. But you know, the those that brings people joy and happiness. And it also spawns creativity and imagination. A follow up question. What would be the one thing you would ask all of them? Probably what motivates them to do the good that they do. Okay. Last question. What advice would you give me? Never give up and springboard off your success. Don't rest on it. Springboard off of it. Use it as a platform. Whatever that goal is, once you meet it, use that to springboard to the next one. All righty, Eric. Two hours and 15 minutes in. I like it. Thank you for being on the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Elton. Absolutely. It's really, truly been a been a pleasure, and I can't wait to do it again with you. I look forward to doing it again with you. Absolutely. Everybody, stay tuned for next time.